Hello and welcome to the Run With Ellie live show, the show that brings you stories from your everyday runners to professional athletes and other specialists in the running community who all share a common passion for the sport. I'm your host, Coach Allie. I hope my podcast can help you change the way you live and the way you move so in the long run, you're able to live a sustainable and healthy lifestyle that you deserve. The purpose of this podcast is to promote the love of running. Throughout my experience speaking with the individuals in the running community, I've found that many of us seek acceptance and relatability in some way, shape, or form. On Run With Alley Live, I tie together the common pain points and solutions through the stories told by the special guests on the show. Each individual has a unique running journey and shares how running impacts the mind and body in the sport and outside of it, both mentally and physically. So stop being so hard on yourself. Tune in right here weekly for new motivational episodes with special guests to inspire you to change your life for the long run. Thank you once again for joining us on Run With Ally Live. Please don't forget to support the show and our special show guests by clicking on the subscribe button in Apple Podcasts or whichever platform you choose to listen to the show on. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Run With Ally Live podcast. It is Tuesday, the 13th of April. I cannot believe, you know, how much time flies. Can you, Jason? No, here we are. I mean, I'm just waiting to get to May. The weather's going to be amazing here in Denver, Colorado. I can't wait. Although we're going to get some snow this Friday. Oh, I mean, I love the snow. So, you know, Brooklyn, New York is a little different, but I hear great things about Denver. So can't really complain about that. But um, before we dive into the podcast, everyone who is returning, I hope you've subscribed to the show at this point. If you haven't, please do so after this live. And, you know, for those of you new, uh, welcome to the podcast. Here is um, a very community-based driven podcast where I bring doctors of physical therapy, uh, coaches, runners, specialists, anyone really interested in the running community that has something unique to share And I'm very big on keeping it authentic and real and just very fluid. So with that being said, uh, we have a very special guest today that I'm very honored to have on the show because he has an incredible podcast and has done wonderful things, written books. Uh, So Jason Fitzgerald, welcome. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for that lovely introduction. You're very welcome. Uh, You know, you've accomplished many things and, you know, I would love um, for you to just Tell us a little bit about yourself and, of course, you know, strength training, um, just briefly before we dive into the heavy questions. Yeah, sure. So I'm a a runner. I'm a coach. I'm a podcast host. I'm a father and husband. You know, I started running back in 1998 as a freshman on my high school's cross-country team because I thought that I could high jump. And I quickly learned that all you do in cross-country is run. But I'm very grateful that I stuck with the sport because it's just the thing that's giving me so much in my life. I ended up running four years of cross country and track in high school and then in college. Some of my best friends were on those teams. I met my wife on the cross country team when we were in college together. And, you know, now it's it's my professional work. You know, I am just dedicated my life to helping runners achieve their goals and really do whatever they'd like to do in their running. So I work with a lot of athletes on running their first race, running a longer distance than they ever have before, 
you know, maybe staying healthy for a long period of time. Cause you know, I was always that injury prone runner who was getting hurt, you know, every couple months. And I realized that, uh, you know, if I wanted to keep doing the thing that I loved, then I really needed to revamp my training. And that's really the impetus for strength running. That's what started strength running back in, oh boy, 2010, when we started with just the, the website and it's really grown since then. And it's just one of the most rewarding things that I do every day is just helping runners accomplish whatever their goals are. And I just love doing it. I love that. And, you know, that is very special. I love the story behind, you know, strength running. Uh, I have to ask, what was your worst injury? My worst injury was the one that almost made me quit running back in 2008. I had just run my first marathon. It was the 2008 New York City, excuse me. I just run my first marathon, the 2008 New York City Marathon, and it went okay. You know, I didn't run the time that I wanted, but, you know, it was my first marathon, and everything was fine until a couple weeks later. I had started to run a little bit again, and I was really beat up. I just felt like I had been put through the meat grinder, and my legs were fried. I was toast, and after a couple days of running, all of a sudden, I had this really bad pain on the outside of my left knee. And I came down with IT band syndrome and I had this injury for about six months. I had, I saw about four physical therapists, nothing was working for me. I was spending all this time just watching reruns of house on the couch by myself. It was a very, very depressing time for, for me as a runner because I wasn't running. And I realized that, look, you need to get off the couch. You need to get your act together. You need to get strong. You need to be able to figure out your training so that you can keep on running, you can improve on that marathon that you're not very happy with and keep doing what you love to do every day. And so after I did get healthy, I saw all those physical therapists, I did a ton of research on the injury itself. And I realized that I really needed to change how I approached my running. And so I added a lot more strength training. I structured how I approached faster workouts and recovery and warming up. And it really made all the difference. I was very fortunate that I was then able to run the Philadelphia Marathon. I improved on my time. Uh, I was able to meet my kind of big ultimate A goal of running under 240. I was able to run 239 in the marathon. And, you know, it was just such a rewarding experience. I'll, I'll never forget crossing the finish line, kind of pumping my fist, looking over and seeing my wife and saying, I did it. It was just so gratifying. But that wouldn't have happened if I didn't get hurt first. So I really think that terrible injury, that IT band injury that laid me out for so long, it was a blessing in disguise. The silver lining of that was that I learned a lot more about myself. I learned a lot more about the process of training and improvement and injury prevention. And it made me into a better runner. And it also made me realize that, you know, I think I have something to share with the running community. And that's why I started strength running back in 2010. You know, I just started getting healthy and I was like, wow, I'm actually improving and feeling good. And, you know, since then, I've really only had about one major injury. So it's been a very rewarding experience ever since that absolutely terrible IT band injury. Yeah, uh, you know, I I have a very similar uh, reasoning for why I got into coaching because I, too, got very injured. Almost it did pull me out of running. I did almost quit, but I found an outlet boxing strain training 
the two combined, um, low impact, high intensity exercises to really rehab myself back to healthy and through several doctors of physical therapy, um, it just wasn't doing it. It takes time. So me too, it taught me resilience. It taught me patience. It taught me to just always just be so grateful and stay humble like you. Um, I have not ran a 236 marathon or yet, uh, but goals, that is awesome. Uh, I have to ask, what did you do? What did you incorporate into your training that was different after you got injured? I think the biggest change was a very healthy dose of strength training because I used to think incorrectly that runners didn't have to do any strength training. You know, we're getting plenty of exercise for our legs through our running, right? And if you can run 20 miles, if you can do a challenging set of hill repetitions, aren't your legs strong enough? And boy, was I wrong. I was so wrong because strength training is now so important in my mind that I tell runners that it's not cross training. Strength training is just part of the training that you have to do as a runner if you want to achieve your goals. You know, you can just look at any, you know, good university team, any pro runner, any, you know, elite training group. They're all strength training. And I think we should model our own training, scale back, of course, but model it on the on the best in the world and, you know, scale it back to our abilities. Um, so that was the biggest change was getting stronger, really focusing on runner specific strength training so that I was just more resilient to handle all of the mileage, to handle you know the pounding and impact forces of running. You know, you can't really get away from that. And the other thing too, is that running is just so repetitive. You know, I love doing it, but you are just taking step after step after step, pretty much in the same direction for every run that you go on. And there's a lot of repetition in that. And what are injuries? You know, running injuries are technically repetitive stress injuries. So if we can limit the negative effects of all that repetitive stress, all that repetitive impact, we're just going to be much more resilient. So the strength training was probably the biggest part. I also added a dynamic warm-up before all of my runs. So I, I didn't just go from couch to running anymore. Now I spent about 10 minutes doing a series of dynamic flexibility exercises and even some light strength exercises to really metabolically prime your body to go out running. It's going to make you feel better. It's going to reduce your injury rate. It might even help you perform a little better too. And then the other big change in my training was the relationship that I had with faster workouts. I would say I scaled back the difficulty and frequency of the workouts that I was doing because, you know, I came from a college program that was very good, but it really taught us how to work. And we did some workouts that I look back on. I think some of my best performances were in the workouts that I ran in track in college rather than in any of the races that I might have run, which just goes to show that maybe I was running those workouts too hard. So I really scaled back some of the intensity. And you can kind of see this in my coaching philosophy now where, you know, I, I over index on aerobic endurance oriented training for runners, because, you know, for most of us, our limiting factor is our endurance. You know, anyone can go run five minute mile pace. Maybe someone can only run it for 10 seconds. Someone else might be able to run it for a minute, but you know, that's an endurance issue. And so if we can extend the amount of time that we spend running at a fast pace, you know, that's an endurance problem. And so if we think long-term about our training and are always trying to refine our aerobic metabolism and our endurance in that way, you know, that that's a great long-term patient approach for 
uh, development, for improvement. And that's really what I tried to focus on. I love that. And, you know, I'm very, very big on dynamic movements, uh, PNF stretching, mobility. Uh, yes, um, there is science that backs that it improves stride length. Like who would have thought? But, you know, uh, our body do- does weird things. We're sitting more nowadays. Evolution has just made us at our computers all day. So we can't just stand up and go running, to your point. It's just in the sagittal plane. Speaking of planes of motion, I'm going to get that in a second. But yeah, um, and just, you know, um, in terms of speed work, I think that, you know, that's admirable um, that, you know, you said you really focus on the endurance aspect. Um, it's funny because I, I've, speed is important, but speed has to be worked on, but not obviously at the same time as endurance. However, if you don't have the speed, you can't really work the endurance maybe as fast as you would like, for example, doing a longer tempo run at faster paces. Um, but that really ultimately is something that you've just built on over life. I feel like that's what right. makes you a strong. Yeah. It just, it doesn't stop. And you know how I like to think about it too, is exactly the endurance building never stops. What I, how I like to think about it is that, you know, you can really divide workouts into two categories. There's your capacity building workouts. And that those would be your aerobic workouts, your endurance workouts. They really build your total capacity for work, right? It's almost like you're, you're building a mountain and you're just putting more boulders on top of that mountain. It's, it's getting bigger. It's getting huge. And then you have your utilization workouts. These are the workouts that teach you how to better utilize your current fitness. This is like the hard workouts, the VO2 max workouts, you know, the really fast repetitions, high intensity interval training. They teach you to be really efficient with what you already have, but you've already, but you have to have something in the first place. You have to build that mountain before you want that nice, pretty snow capped peak at the top. And so that's the way I think about it. We let's build the mountain always, and then we'll layer in some of those faster utilization workouts you know, at the end of a season when we're trying to peak and, and get sharp for a race. Yeah. And there's so many different ways that runners adapt to that, which is also like so interesting, I find, you know? Yeah. Um, there's some, there's some great examples of a variety of workouts and some of my favorite running books that I have are just books of workouts. You can basically create an unlimited number of variety of workouts. And I think that's just, you know, the, the, the potential of doing whole different types of workouts all the time. It's just exciting for me as a runner, but that's probably a very nerdy thing to say. (laughs) No, that just made me excited because it's like, there's no one right way. Like everybody is different. Everyone's not going to be the same. They're not going to be able to follow the same program. People have different needs, lifestyles, live in different places, you know, altitude, come on, you know, it's different. It's different. Um, and so it's good to be adaptable and flexible as a coach, as a runner, all those things. Um, but I really want to get to um, this important question. You mentioned really going one way repetition um, while we run. Usually, um, and for all the listeners listening, um, we're, I'm talking about the sagittal plane, which is going forward and backwards. I do have a personal training background. So the transverse plane is anything rotating, which runners are not supposed to do because that's just a waste of energy. And then the third, which I actually find is the most underworked, plane of motion is the frontal plane, anything side to side. Um, so think of the agility ladder, think of like lateral band walks, think of lat- lat- side lunges. Um, how do you feel about training 
especially for, you know, a runner in the frontal plane? I think it's mandatory because I think, you know, we were talking earlier about my IT band injury. Those kinds of injuries are likely a direct result of weakness in the sagittal plane because we rarely move side to side. And, you know, back when I was younger, before a runner, I was a basketball player. And, you know, all we did was work in the sagittal plane because we were doing defense. And so if you think of a basketball player in the defense position, going back and forth, defending a their, the other player, that's mm -hmm. the sagittal plane. And it really is great on, you know, kind of the outer glute muscles and the hips. And it really provides a lot of stability. If we don't work on that area, we're going to lose stability. And particularly when we're sitting down a lot of the time, you know, I'm sitting down right now having this conversation with you. I am on a weird stool so I could, if I fall over, just give me a minute, I'll get back up. But, you know, we've have to work on these areas because if we don't, we're really setting ourselves up for one of these potentially long-term running injuries. And so we can address this in, in a whole variety of different ways. You know, obviously we're not going to you know, start running side to side or with exaggerating twisting motions to work that transverse plane. But there are certain movements that we should be incorporating into our strength training, into our dynamic flexibility warm up before we go running that are going to be really helpful here. You know, everything from side leg raises to a variety of different types of lunges to, you know, side step ups. There's so many different exercises that we can use to work in this plane of motion and to develop the strength around those, you know, areas where are, are they're just mostly neglected. You know, we neglect those areas of, of our fitness. And, you know, when runners really start thinking of themselves as athletes that specialize in running rather than as just runners, like if you're a runner, okay, you run, but if you're an athlete that specializes in running, yeah, I'm an athlete. I, I need to get strong. I need to work on my coordination, my balance and proprioception. I need to work on all of these skills that are going to make me into a better runner. Because if you look at, you know, any good runner, any runner that has range, you know, they can run a fast 5k, they can run a fast 10k, they're relatively successful. They are athletes. They, they are going to be more coordinated. They're going to be able to do running drills with precision. You know, you're probably going to watch them and you're going to see fluid, smooth, graceful type of a running style. Their form is just going to be great. And you don't get great form by only running. It certainly helps because you'll become more efficient at it. You know, high mileage helps you become very efficient. Uh, speed work helps you become very efficient. But we also have to get strong. And, you know, if we're getting strong in the right ways, if we're build, building strength and power into our weightlifting workouts, you know, we're going to have better form we're going to be less injured. You know, I, I really, I try to tell runners, you know, you've got to do all these extra things if you then want to be able to do the thing that you love. Of course, and yeah. that is, that's like a direct lesson from my terrible injury from, you know, back in 2008, because I don't want runners to make the same mistakes that I did. We've got to become more holistically minded athletes. And that is going to make us into much faster runners. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, for this reason, I'm huge on unilateral training, core training, uh, you name it, ipsilateral, contralateral. Um, I would love to hear what you think about both of those, actually. The difference between ipsilateral and contralateral exercises for runners, because we tend to develop muscular imbalances that could lead to, I don't know, bearing weight on one leg when, we're, when we run. And 
not good things down the road, like a stress fracture, but I would hope that would not happen. So I'd love to hear what you think about both of those in unilateral yeah. training. Yeah. I mean, so unilateral training would be doing an exercise on one leg. And, and one, I think that's one arm, one arm. It's kind of one limb, uh, limb. one limb. There yeah. you go. And, you know, for runners, that's usually doing something on one leg because that's very specific to running. And, you know, when you think about it, what do we do when we go running? We are essentially doing a very coordinated series of one legged hops. And if we have difficulty balancing on one leg, doing maybe a pistol squat or a single leg squat or you know, many other types of single leg exercises. And there's, there's so many body weight exercises that are great for beginners here. Um, but you know, that, that really puts uh, a spotlight on an individual runner's weaknesses, because if you can do say 20 calf raises on one leg, but then you go to the other leg and you're trying to balance and you can only do 10, that's giving you very valuable data on your weaknesses and some things that might hold you back or your problem areas that might be an injury just waiting to happen. So I think unilateral training is really helpful just for that enhanced coordination aspect of things, for building strength in a way that you're not favoring one leg over the other. And that's going to be really very important for runners. And then also as a diagnostic tool, you know, let, let's do these exercises so that you learn more about yourself. You can find out, you know, what's your strong leg? Which one is your dominant leg? You know, what side do you typically have problems on? I know for me, my left side is not as strong as my right side. And I can really feel that when I do some of these unilateral exercises. And if I know if I didn't include them in my training, then, you know, I would just be kind of, you know, waiting for that injury to happen. I really need to be proactive with my left side uh, because it's it's not as strong, it's not as coordinated, it's not my dominant side. And so I think it's a wonderful way to learn more about yourself. Now, the other types of movements, you're really stretching my knowledge of movements, seeing that I'm not a trainer. I'm just a lowly running coach here, but give me a quick definition and then we'll go from there. Um, definition of contralateral. Yeah, and By it's the way, a lot. The yeah, the only reason I know this is because I started after I was in corporate America for six years for those new listeners and you. Um, and I left my job because I felt like I was just wasn't passionate about it, obviously planning my exit strategy. And I started at Equinox. Like that's where I started before I went into run coaching. So that's why I know this. Um, contralateral is when, for example, if I'm standing on my right leg and doing something with my left arm. So it's like opposite sides of the body. It's a little easier, I think, than using your right leg and your right arm at the same time only, where maybe like your left foot and your left arm are off the ground, or they're just, you know, in the air. You're doing something with them. That's the difference. So it's same size, same, your same side of the body versus like your opposite limbs of the body. And is ipsilateral the same? Ipsil ipsilateral is like my right leg and my right arm. Got it. Yeah. Th so now what we're talking about is uh, additional ways of building resilience, of building coordination and general athleticism. Uh, I think it's really helpful. You know, again, we're kind of talking more about like, are you an athlete or are you just a runner? And one of the things that I was always amazed by, because I've had the privilege of hanging out with a couple of elite runners and just watching them go through a workout and they can do it all. They can get in the gym and do strength training. 
they can run fast workouts. They can run really long, easy runs. They can do very complex drills. And if you see a, a pro runner doing a series of advanced form drills, they are complicated, but my God, they have such grace and just such a fluidity to it that is just so beautiful to watch. And I think these types of, of strength movements, and they I really don't really even have to be strength movements. You know, this is part of uh, dynamic flexibility warm up that you might do before a run really helps you build some of that strength in different planes of motion in areas where you're just not really going to to work those areas if you're only doing your running and same you know maybe a basic strength program and so i think it all ties into the fact that we've got to be athletes we need to prioritize variety and you know variety is one of those things that is, is central to my coaching philosophy and it's not just with you know let's make sure we're training for a variety of races Let's run on a variety of surfaces. Again, yeah. let's try to reduce the repetitive nature of running. Let's try to, you know, do a variety of workouts. And that really ties into training for different types of races. You know, the last thing I love to, I like to see is runners who are like, I do three marathons a year. And that's the only thing I ever train for. You know, let's do something fast and short. You know, let's really do those very different types of workouts that you're never going to touch in a marathon training program. And of course, it has to do with our strength exercises, too. You know, let's do, uh, you know, one of my favorite exercises is a lunge with a rotational twist because mm -hmm. it adds that transverse motion to it that really forces you to be stable. And when you think about it, there actually is a fair amount of transverse rotational movement when we're running. You know, every time our our leg, our arms, excuse me, swing back over our body, we're experiencing some of that twist in our torso. Mm -hmm. And if we can be more comfortable with it, if we could be more comfortable in, you know, those positions that we don't normally experience, we're going to be better runners. And, you know, I very much think of, you know, my time as a steeplechaser when I was in college and you experience so much instability when you're trying to hurdle a, a three foot barrier which is very hard when you're a guy like me and you're only five foot seven. I had a big disadvantage there. And then when you're doing the water jump, you know, you're jumping on top of the barrier. You're trying to hurl yourself over the water pit. And then, you know, if you're a trail runner, maybe you're running trail races and you have to navigate different changes in elevation and rocks and roots and holes in the trail and all these different things, you better be able to move well. And if you are yep. training contralaterally, ipsilaterally, if you're doing unilateral exercises, if you're making sure that you're warming up dynamically and building your coordination with form drills, you are just going to be the type of runner who can get into a trail race, who can get on the track, who can do almost any type of race, maybe a obstacle course race with very little training. And you're going to be more successful and you're going to have far fewer injuries. And that is just so exciting to me. And probably more fun because of that. Yes, 100%. Yeah. And, you know, that was very val valuable information. I, I too, I, I can't express enough how much variety is important. I'm all about customization. And that's why I don't like to scale to the masses. I don't like to just release a program like, hey, guys, um, this is great for you. If you X, Y, and Z, I don't know, you want to run a 5K. Because the thing is, there's not, not enough variety in there. People have different needs and people need to work on these things, like all of the things that you're saying, mobility, dynamic warmups, uh, you know, variety in training, um, specifically for specific races, 
you know, if you're doing a 5k, probably more speed work, more strength training work, more power, maybe some plyometrics even. Um, yeah, it's not a marathon. It's not training for a marathon. So I love that. I love that you said that. Um, and you know, I guess I, I have to ask you this, my staple question, um, kind of pivoting here for a second. Why did you say yes to being on the run with Ali live podcast? Well, first and foremost, I wanted to connect with you. I thought this would be really fun. And uh, I'm so glad that I did. And, you know, the other reason is that I just want to help runners. Uh, I want to help runners avoid the mistakes that I've made. I love this sport so much. And whenever I have an opportunity to connect with a new audience and and hopefully share something that they can take with them, you know, whether it's okay, Jason said, let's run a variety of surfaces, whether, whether whatever little tiny nugget you pull from this conversation, I hope you you know, whoever's listening, I hope they apply it to their running, apply it to your training, benefit from it and use it to become a better runner. So I wanted to come on the show to hopefully provide actionable training suggestions for runners that they can plug into their running and then benefit from in the future. But I'm so glad to to be hanging out with you too, Allie. This is a big bonus for me. Yeah, me too. And you know, I love, you know, I love your coaching philosophy. I love the way you think about like runner an athlete. I love, you know, the variety factor. I love, you know, and also the vulnerability. You just said, you know, I really don't have the personal training background. So can you remind me again? Like, that's awesome. Like it just, it says a lot about you. You're not a know-it-all, right? You're, you're all about always learning, but you're very knowledgeable and experienced, but you know, that's a great trait to have, I think as a coach and an athlete, like absolutely not one that a lot of runners tend to have. Um, so I think that it's very inspirational and I'm really happy that you, you know, are on the show. Yeah. You know, I used to be the, the know-it-all runner, you know, back when I thought that runners didn't have to do any strength training, I felt like I was a difficult to coach college runner because I thought I was a know-it-all. So I think I've come a long way and, uh, here we are. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, me too. It's cool. I was a girl that walked around with the boss and, um, marathon sweatshirt and I like got injured before I ran it the next time. Yeah. That was funny. <laughs> that, I'm like laughing at that now, but you know, you live and you learn, right? <laughs> right. Um, so, uh, one final question, um, I want to, you know, leave everyone with here today. Um, and I just want to ask you, you know, what do you want to leave everyone here with besides the fact that, you know, you hope to add something to their training, like just, I guess a life lesson about running and just more of, you know, everything involved with him, the mental aspect, just like the lifestyle of it. Yeah. Let let me give a a slightly philosophical answer and then I'll give a very tactical answer. Philosophically, something I learned from one of my college coaches that I don't think I'll ever forget is that he said to us, and he was my cross country coach. And he said, if you don't run track, you're not allowed to run cross country. And that's because running is a lifestyle. It's not a hobby that you do a couple months of the year. It's a lifestyle. And if you want to be a good runner, then you need to be a runner. You need to be someone who runs. You can't just take six months off every year and expect to have a spot on the team. And, you know, at first I kind of thought this was a, you know, a very hard position to take, but you know, I've really realized the wisdom in that, that running is a lifestyle. If you want to be a runner, you have to be a consistent runner. 
And I really think consistency is the secret sauce to being a successful runner. You know, you're never going to be successful if you're not doing the thing that you want to be successful at consistently over time. So if, you know, I, I've met some, some friends who, you know, love to run and they have big running goals. Like, I want to qualify for Boston, but they don't like running in the cold and they take every winter off. And, you know, they're like, I wonder why I'm, it's taking me all this time to qualify for Boston. <laughs> well, eh, well, you're kind of being a hobby runner. If you want to really achieve something, if you want to really see progress, if you want to see what you're capable of as a runner, that's very exciting to me, but it has to be this long-term endeavor have patience with it, be consistent and, you know, think about a year from now or two years from now, rather than on what's my mileage going to be this week? It really shifts your perspective into that long-term approach. I think that's going to reduce your injury rate because you're going to very much, you know, think long-term. I'm going to prioritize tomorrow's workout over just finishing this run when my ankle feels a little weird, you know? So runners, I think are going to take fewer short-term risks with their training. So that's the philosophical answer. Think long-term, be consistent, think of running as a lifestyle. And then my more tactical answer, I know we talked a lot about strength training and movement and, you know, that ties into injury prevention. One of the more effective ways of building this into your training without having to figure it all out, build this whole new set of habits, because I think that's one of the hardest parts, right, is just setting up this new routine of, okay, well, now I got to strength train, I got to do some dynamic flexibility work, like, when do I do this? How do I do this? Where do I do this? The most effective way to really wrap this into your training is to sandwich all of your runs between a dynamic warm up and then some post run core and strength work. So remember, you're an athlete, not just a runner. You're an athlete that specializes in running. So what we're going to do is 10 minutes of dynamic flexibility exercises, some light strength work that's going to prepare you for the run. And then after the run, you still have to cool down from that run. So we're going to do 10 to 20 minutes body weight strength work. You can use bands. If you have a kettlebell or some dumbbells at home, you can do, you know, some more advanced strength movements. But if someone hasn't started yet, I think something is always better than nothing. So let's get started with something first. And then once you've built the habit, once you're like, okay, I'm warming up before all my runs, you know, the warm up felt weird at first, but now it feels weird when I don't do it. Now mm -hmm. I feel so much better that once you go dynamic, you, you just can't go back. And so once you've built those habits, then you can optimize. Then you can, okay, I'm going to be a little bit more strategic here with my strength training. Now I'm going to be a little bit more intentional with these exercises. But first, let's build the habit. So let's try to sandwich all of our runs in between a warm-up and some strength or core work. That is just going to make us such you know better runners everything we talked about you're going to build more athleticism more durability and injury resilience you're going to get stronger improve your body composition and you're probably just going to be able to do more running which i think is what all of us want yeah and i love that answer that's a really really great answer both of them um and also just experience being able to pay it forward to other runners that you're running with if you're in a running club in the running community um like you just shared with me you know like all the listeners on here, that's, uh, it's a, just of such a valuable thing to have. And, uh, I am a very firm believer of, you know, dynamic stretching and, you know, all of that and yeah, strength training and core training. Um, interesting sandwich between, I like, I like that. Um, I like how you, you know, sandwich a run between the two. Um, and you know, but 
I always remind my runners one thing at a time. That's not going to happen overnight to have it take time. So to your point, you know, yes, it's about the longevity and consistency and good things come from it. If you listen, that's why a coach is valuable, you know? (laughs) Right. Yeah. A coach will probably tell you that no one single run or workout is very important, but it's really about the body of work over time. And that's where consistency comes into play. That's where, you know, just doing the right thing day in and day out really gives benefits to runners. Because look, running is a long-term sport. You know, you could be running for a year and mm-hmm. you don't even glimpse what you are p- capable of as an athlete. Your potential is so far into the future. Now, some runners are frustrated by that. I think it's it's exciting. I think that means you can continue to grow in the sport year after year after year and just set personal bests and run different types of races and new distances. And so I think all of that is just so exciting and I want to help runners do that. Yeah. And, you know, likewise, and I look forward to seeing you do that and take it to the next level and, you know, continue to help this world thrive and be healthy through running because it's a special thing that, you know, I think everyone should be able to do. So on that note, I want to, you know, really thank you for coming on the show today, Jason, uh, for everyone listening. Jason's information is going to be up in the podcast notes on Apple, Sister Podcast, Google Podcasts, Podchaser, Spotify, and CastBox. And, you know, please just be cognizant of Jason's time. Don't, you know, email him like 5 million times. Um, and Jason, uh, thank you so, so much for being on the podcast today. I really appreciate having you and so do the listeners. My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me, Allie. Thanks for a good chat. Yes, my pleasure. I'll talk to you soon, everyone. Have a great day and I'll see you next week, same time. Don't forget to become a member on my website to get updates on my weekly new special episodes on the show, sharing fun running feats, training methodologies, and all things running related to help you keep your running fun. Reference the link in the show notes to become a member of the Run With Alley community so you can connect with other like-minded individuals who love running just as much as you do. Again, do not forget to subscribe to the show by clicking the follow plus button, Apple Podcasts, or subscribing on whichever platform you're listening to the show on. Please leave a review under the episode in whichever directory you're listening to the show in so I can better provide you with the top-notch content I strive to deliver you week in and week out. Thank you again for listening to Run With Alley Live. If you are looking for the perfect solution to finish your first marathon injury-free, even if you've tried to get in shape in the past and failed, Sign up and get access to your free 24-week program now by clicking in the link in the show notes under this episode. Sign up now. All you need to submit is your email and I'll see you on the inside. Thank you so much for listening to Run With Alley Live. See you next time.